Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another round, another week, of course, with your guys here on Pre-Market Prep? Joel Alconin's back, so definitely hit the thumbs on up. Let's get into today's action. We'll talk about, of course, Fed Chair Jerome Powell's rug pull here from Jackson Hole's uh, Symposium. We'll talk about some of these comments and, of course, take a look now at the bear case, the bull case. We'll talk a little bit about quantitative tightening. We'll take a look at buyers, uh, the battle for the U.S. EV buyers incentives. We'll talk uh, earnings from PDD. And we'll get into, of course, our special guest, Tim Quas, founder of Market Structure Edge. Excited to go ahead and get into today's action. Welcome to it, pre-market prep. And let's get this morning started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's bring on the guys are back. Dennis Dick, Joel Conan. Good What's morning. Up? Good What's morning, up? guys. How you doing? Good to have you back, Joel. Um, I know that you, you accidentally left a rock on the sell button, but uh, you can remove that rock and we can move it. We can move it off. <laughs> no, I'm back. I'm back. I was blaming you, Joel. I was you blaming can't blame you for the sell off. But then we just analyzed in the pre-pre-market show because I thought Correct. the last time you left the market sold off too. But we actually reanalyzed and the last time Joel left the market had a substantial rally. So it mm. may not be Joel's fault. We're not 100% convinced we have to get more evidence, but right now it may yeah, not be Joel's Yeah, on the fault. weekly, um, I have it for you guys. On the weekly, it was uh, the week of uh, July 18th and the market actually uh, went up that week. So can't can't blame me for everything, but uh, glad to be back. Had a great time. I, I just got one, one true story for you from oh, the gosh. trip. Okay. okay, let's go. So I don't think that the, the people in Ohio realized that I was going through Ohio on the way there, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't, it, there weren't any problems and I didn't get pulled over or anything, but on the way back, Coming back from New Jersey, you go through Pennsylvania, you got through the Pennsylvania Turnpike, yes. and they tried to stop me from coming into Ohio. They closed all the roads from, <laughs> from the Pennsylvania Turnpike to the Ohio to get Ooh. in the Ohio line. Remember they, they did that to COVID they, too. They, they completely closed. And we had to go through this major detour. And I just think that they're so upset about that loss last year. They knew I was in the they knew they knew I was in the they're state salty. of Ohio. They're and, and they tried they tried to keep me out of it. But you know what? 
good thing Siri in the back roads and everything. And uh, and we Siri found took our you way. through it. Siri, Siri for the Siri. win. Siri, thank gosh for Siri. Thank Siri you for, for the whatever win. Google Maps, Waze, whatever super All satellites Lisa they was can't using. Keep Joel in Ohio or through yeah. Ohio. Yep, there you go. But uh, we're in the red by 36 and a half yeah. handles at 4023. We have crude back in the 90 handle up 40. Five cents at ninety three fifty one. Gold, man, no one wants gold. Down eleven ten at seventeen thirty eight seventy. Silver in the red. That's down thirty two cents at eighteen and a half. Bitcoin. Oh my lord, under twenty k. Down seven forty. Nineteen sixty six eighty. Ooh boy. Yep. So it needs to hold. And Ethereum futures. They're down one hundred and seven dollars at fourteen thirty. And I just want to know that. I mean. Inflation didn't peak last. I mean, well, it, we had an inline CPI number, right? Big deal. I mean, we know. I mean, who thought that all of a sudden, who was going through the the 2023 re, uh, interest rate reductions? I mean, where did that story ever come from? I mean, I saw the headlines. I saw what the market did. I mean, what what did I miss? We didn't. We haven't defeated the inflation. We haven't defeated inflation, right? Yeah. It was an inline number, and you were talking about that rally. So, Dennis, you were going over some of Jerry's comments, and the market rally, they gave him a little chance to be tough, right? That's what right? it was. It gave him yep. a chance to be tough, and he was tough. And I think what spooked the market the most was you know, some questions coming, and the answers – were not what the market wanted to hear. You know, the answer, the people, what the market was hoping is that we peaked inflation. They want to hear more about July peaking and that the Fed can now, you know, get a little bit easier on the interest rate hikes. And that's not what we heard at all. You know, even to ask, you know, the questions about, you know, asset prices, he wasn't worried about asset prices right now. What, what Powell is worried about is inflation and bringing it back down. So it's not good enough that it's just peaked. He wants to bring it back down, and he mentioned the 2%. That will be impossible. They will not get it back to 2% for a very long time. I don't think ever. It will. It's possible they can get it back <laughs> down on the on the BS CPI. I mean, it's never been 2%, so it's been a yeah. BS number forever. It's always ran 6 7% really in real you know dollars. We know because they calculate it differently. We've talked about that for years. But you know, when it's running at 8%, 9% on the BS CPI, you know, it's really cooking 14, 15, 16, and that's what we're feeling. So, I mean, for them to bring it back down, even the CPI to 2%, is going to be nearly impossible. If that's what they're trying to do, they're going to have to get more aggressive. And that's what the market is fearing here now, and that was the rug pull. So we didn't get any dovish comments whatsoever. We didn't get any indication that he's going to be done in September. We didn't get any indication of any of that. He said well, they'll be done when inflation is back down. And that is going to be a very long time. That means he's not going to be accommodating this market for a very long time. And that's why the rug pull happened. And that's what we've been talking about. Me and Mitch last week talking about this multiple times. I mean, I've been saying, I've been raising cash, raising cash, tweeting it. I'm like, this rally from July, June, from the bottom in June to the middle of August is maybe one of the stupidest rallies I have ever seen in my entire life. We called it originally. It needed a little retracement. But to come back on a stock like Apple, Joel, to come back on a stock like Apple from the getter, a 120, you know, from 130 and get all the way back up to a new all-time high is just idiotic. Who's ever buying Apple at 176 is just, it's just dumb. 
because you're trained 26 times, you're an aggressive fed, and nothing added up. So, you know, I just look at that and just think, i got to hedge. I've got to do some selling. I started hedging my Apple early. But, you know, I've, I've raised up cash and I, I did, you know, sell some stuff near the top. But I was selling all the way up. I was definitely about a week early. You know, if you've been listening to the show, I was about a week early for the sell-off. Early August was like, I'm lightening up. I'm lightening up. And then, you know, we get into, you know, just kept rallying. I, I'm like selling more stocks out of the long-term portfolio because I mean, it's just too much, too fast. We, we, we came up over 50% from the lows. I know. I and, know. And, and, and nothing got never... fixed. So this was a gift. This was a gift this rally that we had. And now all of a sudden, you know, you you sell it all off and basically two days, you lose 200 points, you know, which is not, nothing short of absolutely incredible. I mean, talking from 420 down to 401. It was all Friday. It was, it was all, all one day. It, it was, was an incredible Friday. sell yeah. off. Yep. yep. And it, I... des- it was deserved. It was right. The market, you know, finally woke up a little bit. And that was the problem is this market is just so it's made up of so much. We've talked this before. The market's made up of so much dumb money now that it exactly. just doesn't price in anything. People who say, oh, the market looks ahead six months don't know what they're talking about. It doesn't look ahead six days. You know how obvious it was that Powell was going to be hawkish? Like, I mean, and I, I'm still questioning. I was like, well, maybe it is priced in. Now, none of it was priced in. The market right now is made up of too many stupid people. It maybe was more, maybe it was more efficient before. Right now, it's completely dumb. So, no. and that's why you as a trader, if you're just reading the tea leaves here, this is why, you know, the last few years I've had some of my best trading years ever because I'm just looking ahead. I'm like, it's not, a, it's not a crystal ball. It's just common sense. And the market doesn't have any of it. And so, else, I mean, it, it coincided with, we you know what, what, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, stupid money and things happening. Look how the, the top coincided. What stocks? Led that last that last rally the the week before I was gone. Risk what was the, on uh, stocks the the meme stocks. No, the, the yeah, the on. dumb money. Yep. Well, I mean, yep. it was full risk on at, at one point. Everyone was thinking the bottom was in. You started seeing the analysts flip, right? And I mean, that's usually when the bulls get caught. I mean, this market loves to hurt where it can hurt the most, and I, I always go with that quote. And I felt like everyone got to the point where it was raw, raw bull. It was, and. Clearly, yep. you got you got it right back into you. And so this is how optimism can also uh, kind of lead you in the wrong way, because I feel like everyone's just still optimistic that we're just going to get a V bottom and go right back to all time highs. That's what they keep thinking. Everyone that just is wants exactly this. what everyone wants to have happen, that this is going to be bear markets just take time. And, you know, in six months, we'll be right back up to all-time highs. Oh, maybe it's going to be a really bad one. I'll have to wait for 12 months to get my money back. Ask them in Japan. 30 years. They're still down 50% from the highs. It doesn't have to happen that way. You know what happened in Japan is that they just got the rate so low they could never bring them up again. I mean, and obviously the markets have just been slaughtered over there for years. And, you know, they come back a bit, but they can't get back. I believe the high in the Nikkei was like in 1992. It's like 30 years ago. Can that happen in our markets? I don't think so. I think eventually we will get back to all-time highs. But I don't think we're getting back to all-time highs next week or next month. So to come in here and say everything is okay and rosy, which is what the market was doing a week and a half ago. We were oversold in June and July. You know, we were oversold and we needed a bounce. We got that bounce. That bounce was way more than was deserved. And that's why, you know, I kept selling stocks into it. 
Am I going to rebuy some stocks here? Yeah, you know, we could talk. And, you know, we've been talking bearish here. I'm not rah-rah crash. I think telling you that the sell-off from Friday was justified. So let's do a 50%, Joel, on, on yeah, the recent Yeah, we did. Uh, I figured Let's do it right here on the charts yeah, on SPY. Yeah, because yeah. it's a good exercise. Remember, the stocks are trading waves. So now it's just you know, selling stocks now. You Now you're doing it backwards, too. So I'm like, okay, everything I sold in the last two weeks, I'm like, am I going to rebuy it all? No, but maybe I'll, I'll nibble, maybe potentially, because, you know, you get to these 50%, they do work. So Joel's going to do it right now. Draw 50% of the move from the bottom in June to the, the top in, you know, a week ago in August and see where it is. And okay. Joel's grabbing it right now. That's on the S&P. Yeah, I'd like to this... see on the SPY as well. Yeah. Because I, I can't I mean... buy. Right there, thirty. This is called. Uh, I did the exact number uh, this morning, and actually, I did the exact number on Friday when I looked at the market. I saw it failed. I mean, all the damage was on Friday. I mean, it it, it got almost to the high for the week on Friday, but it comes in at thirty nine eighty three seventy five. So instead of looking backwards, mm-hmm. folks, and let's look forward. Right. Let's see if the market can come, you know, 4K, whatever you want to call it in the spider, 395. You have an area. Also, you have a daily low there. So that's what this is what the market wants to do. Every move has a counter move. We yep. had the move. We had the rally. Now we're coming back down and we're coming into a scary area because we blew through the 3900 handle and we blew through the 4000 handle. And now we're coming back to home. There's a daily low at uh, right right under there. So that's what the market has to prove. It has to prove that this was a good rally, a good rebound, a little bit of a pull, you know, well, a substantial pullback, find support around 4K and rally. If not, I mean, this is thin. The, okay. Between 3,900 and 4,000 is really, really thin. There's just nothing to lean on in that area. So what do you guys feel is the bull case here? The bull case is we bounce off the 50%. We get another decent data point in september where we actually mm-hmm. see the cpi coming down more mm-hmm. and then the bulls grab it again it's there so okay. this isn't going to be a show and you know we just did 10 minute round on the bear case but the bull case is real well too. there's still more on the bear case i could i could add to that but we'll, we'll, we'll and you we'll can if the... you want mitch we, we yeah we don't you know we've been talking for you know we haven't let you chime in here too so we'll get your thoughts no here too but I'm there's a the there's a case. case there's a case for the bulls as well i would say you know, now, as much as we were overbought a week and a half ago, you know, we just gave, you know, so much back so quickly. Like, look at a stock yeah. like Square. Do you restrike at 60, Joel? I oh, mean, I just there. sold it at 91. Yeah. I bought this at 63. I sold it at 91. Obviously, swing trade. Now I'm looking. I'm getting another shot here probably in the 60s. Is it bounced the first time. I mean, you got good support down there. What about Shopify? We talked Ooh. about the 30. We've bounced there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I'm just looking at you know, this eight, nine lows in the whole $30 area on Shopify. Do we bounce there again? Because we're going to try it and it might try it today. Do you take a shot the first time? I think you do. So I'm giving you some potential. If it takes out 30, my stop out would be the low of the move. So go 29, 72, maybe you give it to 29 because you don't want to get shaken out for a penny. But I mean, you know, risk reward. You could say it bounces there again. Your momentum traders won't touch it. But I'll tell you one thing. The momentum traders aren't having a good year. The momentum traders, it's the contrarian yeah, that's having too, a good year. Too swings, the yeah. Momo traders are getting chopped up because they're like, oh, here we go. We're coming back. And then all of a sudden, now they pull the rug again. Contrarians are killing it this year. 
momentum not so much. We go into cycles. You know, it's contrarian cycle, Momo cycle. 2020 was a Momo year. 2021 was a Momo year, really. 2022 has really been a contrarian year where you've had a lot of chop. You know, you're buying and, and you're going. I mean, overall, it's been a bear market, but it's kind of been a contrarian's market, too. So contrarian would say, I'll take another shot at 30. Down, yeah. These tech stocks have come down more than they're they're way down more than the fifty. The, the growth ones have been yeah, hit. Yeah, I mean, yep. you know, the high PE stuff has really been hammered. ARKK is forty one, like it was like fifty three. The growth stocks have been hit. I mean, but then you have stocks like Zoom. Well, that's even interesting, Joel. I mean, you got the Malo; it's still holding it there. So yeah, you better hold on there, Kathy. <laughs> hold on, Kathy. But but it's come down hard, so it's hard, Mitch. What happened to just on? Say, uh, woo hoo! Did they have earnings or something? What happened last Monday? Yeah, they had earnings. They don't like Look them. But <laughs> you're at support. I don't yeah. short on support. I short through support. Okay. So I don't want to short at support Agreed. or predict. You can make money predicting it's going to take out support, but. That's I know a, a lot one. of times yeah. I'd rather yeah. wait until the support is broken. So it's almost still a buy until that support is broken when it gets back there. Support is support until it's broken. All right. Well, I'll, I'll add a – I know that the chat doesn't want to hear about it, but I can add a little bit to the bear go, case. Go, um, go back the to the biggest thing. Case. The biggest thing for me is not only the stocks. It's now the whole talk that you're going to get now with quantitative tightening. You guys have heard me mention this plenty of times. On September 1st, something changes. What changes here? Well, the Fed plans to reduce $8.5 trillion of the balance sheet starting on June 1st, right? This was about $30 billion in Treasury securities and up to $17.5 billion in agency mortgage-backed securities. Now that cap rises here. This is when we really start going more into a quantitative tightening stage. On September 1st, those caps rise to $60 billion and $35 billion. So the uh, the roll-off gets all the way as high as $95 billion. This is when I think you really start seeing the Fed's kind of rolling off the balance sheet affect probably our equities. Um, this is going to go ahead and take the liquidity away from the market. And this hasn't been done as high as, it, as it's done now. And the, the reason why it's getting done this high is because the balance sheet has more than tripled, right? Yeah. And so now you're going to start seeing that come into play. And then we also get comments like we got on my show on Friday, uh, Stock Market Movers, I had Stephanie Link on, and she's pointing to also the same thing that I'm thinking about is in inflation. She said the annual inflation rate in the U.S. slowed to 8.5% in July from an over 40-year high in 91 Link said that high natural gas and oil prices could get inflation reaching new highs again. And so we just need to keep on watch, at least in my eyes, this energy inflation. Will it come back rampant? Because if the if Nord Stream Pipeline 1 shuts down and we still get more battles about oil and we get OPEC plus talking about cutting production, watch out inflation. That's the bear case. And then also to increase the bear case a little bit more is September statistics. The Dow has fallen 11 out of the last 18 pre-midterms in September going back to 1950. I know everyone likes to point to statistics towards the upside, but the statistics point to the downside in September. Yeah. Mitch, and, and the good point here, I mean, we can see the commodity prices in front of us. So that helps us to predict inflation to a certain extent. And to your point is, you know, commodity prices really, you know, 
trough in July, and we've been coming back up. So that's not helpful to the August number, which will be coming Correct. next month. Yeah. So, you know, if we start seeing inflation tip higher again, I, I was saying it's not good enough that we've just peaked. If all of a sudden we didn't peak, we're making new lows on the move. I mean, that bear case is phenomenally bad for equities. So we can't see, start seeing CPI coming in the nines. We cannot start seeing that. Because if that happens, Katie bar the door. This Fed is going to get the hot, most hawkish we've seen you know, in 30 or 40 years. So, I mean, that scenario is a horrible scenario for the markets if we think that inflation hasn't peaked. I'm saying I think inflation has peaked. I'm saying I'm still not sure it's good enough for Powell. So that's that's why the equity markets are selling off. If it hasn't peaked, we're in trouble on equity prices. Well, it's interesting definitely to get comments from someone as, as advanced as Stephanie Link that she even thinks that potentially it could go higher. And so I don't think I'm the only one in that camp now. And I think the one thing that we need to start looking at is are those June lows really going to hold now? That's what everyone's going to be pointing at. And of course, you're you're probably going to have some bounces here. And I don't see it wrong in how I think Joel's looking at it. 50%, we could get a bounce a day. But will that bounce hold and will we actually yeah. kind of get into a chop zone here or will we just come back fighting down those lows? I think, Mitch, we've got to be selling rallies. I think you've got to come in and you're going to get another bounce. It's a likely candidate to bounce around 400 spy. It's close mm-hmm. to the 50%. It's likely, you know, the buy the dips, a two-day move. You get the overshoot and maybe you do get a bounce here. And then everybody be like, rah, rah, the bear market's over on CNBC. But don't believe it. I think what you're seeing happen is just playing out. If nothing goes straight down, we're not going to go straight down to those lows. There's people who are like, what can I buy? So you will get more dips. You will get more rallies to sell. If anything from 2022, we've learned we don't have to chase in this market. As much as people were panicking and selling the lows in June, they would have been much better to just hold on and sell the rally in August. So I think rallies are still to be sold. Again, I'm not going to sell on a day that we're down, or, you know, on basically 24 hours, we just lost 200 S&P points at 24 hours of trading. It's hard to come in here and say, I'm going to sell stocks now. You know, I was selling last week so or in, and two weeks ago. But, you know, it's to, to as much as like even Kramer, you know, Palo Alto Networks, he's on there. Oh, great quarter. You got to buy this thing. Well, <laughs> it's 578. Now it's Didn't he call the bottom last week? <laughs> well, what did he tweet? Or, or what did he say? Uh... He did say something. I mean, and... You know, we pick on Jim Cramer a lot. He does make some good calls, you know, and Jim Cramer yeah, does do know. good every once in a while. But, there's you know, there's that joke inverse then. Kramer Twitter handle that always goes the other way. But, you know, this year has been a rough year for Kramer. You know why it's been a rough year for Kramer? Because Kramer is a pure momentum player. If the stock's going higher, he's bullish. If the stock's going lower, he's bearish. That Those calls killed in 2020. But we're, somebody's got to tell Jim we're not in a momentum market anymore. We're in a contrarian market, and that's where he hasn't adjusted. See, I try to adjust. You know, after 22 years of trading, you got to kind of figure out what kind of market we're in. We've been in a contrarian market all year. The Momo traders have been getting chopped up. Jim Cramer is a pure momentum trader. Oh, the stock is is going up. It's going higher. Higher, higher highs equal higher highs. You know, there's that whole, you know, trading. And then, you know, lower lows equal lower lows. This has not been that year. This has been the year of the contrarian. Joel, you know, you've been a contrarian at heart for a long time. Sean, you know, Sean Udall's a contrarian. These traders are having better years here because of the contrarian market that we're in. 
He's at he's a tough position there um, because negativity doesn't sell ads, right? And so being on a you know a major network, a hundred percent, yeah. I mean, so he he's handcuffed. I mean, a little he, bit. He really, yeah, he is. I mean, no no one no one wants to hear that their portfolio is going down. No, no one wants to hear And, and I think they're, they coach, they probably say that to them, yeah. you know, behind. Like on this show, we don't care. So we're speaking the truth. <laughs> yes. I don't care. Mitch doesn't care. Yeah. Offshore stocks. I'm market neutral. I'll tell you when I'm, you know, raising. I'm, I <laughs> try to difference. like say what I'm doing longer term. Obviously, the short term intricate trades, you know, that's too fast. And we do, you know, educational stuff on that. But, but, you know, I try to tell you when I'm feeling like, you know, we got some swing longs going, I'm a little biased to the bullish side. I'm a little biased to the bearish side. But yeah, Kramer, to your point, Joel, completely handcuffed. He's got an obligation to probably stay overall bullish. People don't want to hear about their stocks going down. So, you know, we pick on him to a certain extent, but to a certain extent, he has no choice. So, Jim, we love, we do love, you know, Jim Kramer. I, I, I laugh. He's, you know, he's, he's a funny, funny guy. He's just had a rough year because he's got those contra- or those momentum opinions and it's been a contrarian market. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get out of the macro talk. I wanted to get into a conversation on the battle for U.S. for EV buyer incentives. So as we know, with the Inflation Reduction Act, there's new rules on EV incentives that are requiring different requirements from automakers to source more of those materials here in North America. Just last week, we saw Ford hiking the Mustang Mach-E due to battery costs. This is starting to affect all automakers as they're going to have to go ahead and come up with a plan. How do we attack this? How can we get these materials sourced here in North America so we can get those incentives? But also, how much will that affect the cost of the vehicles? And we've already seen these prices soar. It could continue having these prices soar even higher because if we're going to make them here, it might just cost an extra 20000 or or so. It, it is an issue if we're going into a recession as well. And like I said, you know, the rich people are going to buy what they want. They're still rich. They're not losing all their, even if they're asset wealth, they're, they're not hurting. So it, it's never been that customer that, you know, the recessions affect. It's the fact that we had to step up. You know, we had a step up customer when we we're in the full expansion that people were buying stuff they probably shouldn't have been or they couldn't afford. It's those customers that they're going to struggle to sell to. So, you know, Tesla was the same thing. I mean, the, the rich are going to buy Tesla. They want Tesla. They're going to buy Tesla. But, you know, as those prices come up, it brings people who are in the middle class maybe out of the price range for that stuff. So so it's not good. I mean, and especially going into a recession and especially when cash is going to get tighter for a lot of people, especially if you're going to have a more restrictive Fed. It's not good for these stocks. And I think the prices are showing it. You know, you can look at all the startup EVs that were really rah, rah, rally a month ago. And they're all started selling off hard. I mean, Rivian was $41. It's $31 here in one, two, three, four, 10 trading sessions, Joel. Rivian just lost 10 points. I mean, there's, you know, and and obviously the big guns, you know, Ford, GM are starting to come off here again, too. They They were doing pretty good, but they had a bad day on Friday. Obviously, everything did. So I I think it's it's a tough trade if you think we're going into a recession which i think we already are ev is tough right now i, I think we're coming out of it maybe you want to be a buyer but as you're going into it i don't know if i want to buy ev companies shouldn't have broke that trend line when i'm gone i hate when that happens and <laughs> and, uh, and uh this is the year of the trend line break what about apple man i remember how high that i was, was having such one. a hard time i'm like 
Whoa, I'm just like trying to make it perfect. And it, it definitely, uh, I mean, it's just amazing the way, you know, it all happened on Friday. So look at it, you know, Friday's price action, like for the week, like my, like for my perspective, I mean, we got to get green at some point. I mean, until we go green on the week, that close is what, uh, it's over 30 handles away. I mean, I know they hit it after hours and I know they hit it overnight, but uh, I mean, until we get over, what is it? 40, 59, 50. I mean, I don't see how, how you can even be optimistic. Do we have any, do we have any catalysts uh, this week? I mean, we're through earnings. We're a lot of earnings again. I never seem to leave earnings season anymore. I can give you the the names here. So Tuesday, we don't get much today. We had Pindua Duo, which we can talk about in a second. Um, Tuesday, we're going to crowd strike. We're going to Hewlett Packard, HPQ, get AMBA, get Best Buy, ChargePoint. Wednesday, we're going to get OKTA, Viva Systems, Five Below, MongoDB. Thursday, we went Lululemon, wow. Broadcom, WB, mm. Oli's uh, Bargain uh, um, Outlet or whatever, a- yep. AEO, CPB. You so you go. get a few earnings. You're getting a few. There you go. Oh, and and Five Below, it. also known as Seven Below for us. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, Chewy. <laughs> I didn't even notice Chewy. I missed. How did I miss Chewy? Chewy? I got to write that on my list. I don't know Chewy yeah, on my list. Okay. yeah, you guys can get this calendar. See what that it's on guy's Twitter. Doing. If you guys want to check this on out, definitely check out our earnings calendar. We put it up on our Twitter every week so that you guys can follow along also to with all the earnings. All right. Um, should we go to let's do the let's do PDD first and then we'll do a little outlook going into the sure. week. All right, PDD here, earnings coming in at EPS at a dollar and thirteen, beating the 39 cent estimate, sales at 4.69 billion, beating the 3.49 billion estimate there um also to note you know last week we got that comment that the u.s audit regulators forged an agreement with chinese regulators to inspect and investigate registered accounting firms in china and hong kong will this kind of help the pdd story joel it's tough because it's run so far <laughs> trying to play nice you ran Yo. up into the earnings you're running. You had an awful day Friday where it reversed. But now you get back right up there today mm. on the earnings, which got all kinds over at supply, 66, 67, 68. So I'm like, I see a potential three, four points up, but I see a lot more down. So and he always scare of those earnings reversals there. So China got some love last week, Joel, because they were talking about opening up the books. So you know that. that's I, I, that's I, I, what I, I, the headline I, I, was. That's why you saw all the China stocks reverse there. I believe it was on Wednesday. It started Wednesday, Thursday because they talked about opening up the books. Is that going to really happen? They've talked about this before. Every time Chinese stocks rally, it just seems to be another selling opportunity, hard to chase. You know, it's funny because uh, before I left, you were talking, and you know, you were looking. You really thought. China was going to be like the cat, the negative catalyst, like on the downside, right? For something to happen. And it just goes to show, I mean, you don't know. I mean, of course, no. Jackson yeah. Hole, there was a lot of, you know, anticipation. Uh, but um, I, I mean, that pre-market high, I just don't think you're, after our pre-market high, I mean, I just don't think you're going to see that. 67.45, all these people getting their money. Oh, I should have sold on Friday. Wait, wait a second. It's back at Friday's levels. Get me out. So I would focus. You got a good number right here, 63, uh, 69. That's Friday's high. Let's see if you can hold that. 
And then, man, the, the close is way down there at 57.57. But uh, make sure you take out Friday's not uh, high, hold, hold above it, and maybe reach for those other levels. But then again, you might hit a road like 65. There's a couple highs too. So I think you might have missed uh, sell the pop opportunity. But see what happens during the regular session. It's already traded. Wow. 4.8 million shares. Big time, yeah. Big time volume here. All right. Uh, we did get some news that just hit the tape at 8.01. End phase energy to acquire Greencom Networks. Um, there's no terms disclosed so far here. Is that uh, public? I, I don't even know about Greencom Networks. I just know they just literally hit the tape there. So I just want to make sure that – does anyone know Greencom? Let me just take a look I here. don't know that company. It might be uh, Maybe private it's private. Here. Yeah, nothing. It it's private. probably nothing. Burger friend phase. It's trading down with the overall market here. So, I mean, there's a stock, Joel. You want to talk a stock that's been strong? That hit a new all-time high. Yeah, that 300 ETH fight. For solar, Joel. If you want to talk the sector that just exploded, so first solar new all-time high on Friday before the rug pull. ENPH not quite, but I mean, it's made a new all-time high on the move. These solar stocks have just been nothing short of incredible, the comeback they've had. And I do think it's a selling opportunity just because they've come so much. None of the evaluations were, were cheap to begin with. We talked about it back in like May and June, like eventually these solar stocks, you know, might turn it around if the market turns it around. And holy, I just didn't see a rally of that magnitude coming. But it's been an impressive move for these solar stocks. Definitely something we always got to on keep you. on watch. That first solar traded over 300 uh, back in 2008. So um, not quite an old time high, but took a know, little while to get back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pick your points in this one. I mean, uh, for the first solar, I mean, you've had, you haven't had a red candle like this uh, in a while. So once again, focus, uh, focus on Friday's close is kind of treat that as major resistance now with it trading lower, already taken yeah. out. Uh, Friday's low. Uh, M phase, same. I mean, I don't know if this is a big deal for it. As you mentioned, trading the market, trading with the market. I mean, room down to 264, and then it gets kind of, gets that was earnings, what, from 220 to 260. So you don't want to see that gap. But that's still, what, $21 away. Wow, they're holding up strong. So solar's been a place to hide. Let's see if it continues. It has. It's been one of the top, top sectors for sure holding up so all right mitch well, we're, we're at our guest here what, yeah uh, um he, he said he'll be here a little bit late but he should be here just joining us in a couple of seconds okay. i did get a message that he'd let me know it'd be closer to 35 i'm guessing we'll be okay, getting sure. him on in just a few moments here sure um let's go ahead let's take a look at some oil stocks because they did start moving up last week now the question starts coming of course Everyone's keeping an eye out on these oil stocks. Will they get the lift that's needed? Uh, last week, Oxy went through the highs. Can it keep going? Oxy is the one that I would want to own on a pullback. Mm -hmm. I'm not chasing any of these oil stocks because, again, as much as you think like, oh, yeah, I want to be in Chevron, it's kind of already had the rally. I mean, we already had the big rally, 182 all the way down where they got oversold down to 132. And now we're back up to 163, 164. I mean, now you're running overhead supply at all the old all-time highs on all these stocks. Exxon Mobil completely rejected off 100, Joel. Completely rejected off with the number you would think. I mean, sometimes this market just trades technically. 99.91, 99.86, the double top is in place. I'd sell Exxon Mobil, right? You know, I would sell it. 
So even despite that, I think, you know, and I still am a believer that inflation has peaked. So I think the commodity prices could start to come back down too. And if we go into recession, these stocks are not going to be immune. It's been an impressive oil rally. Yes, the chat will be on me. I've been wrong about oil for a long time. Um, I was obviously, you know, it came back down in June and July and I should have rebought some oil stocks. And I probably was right, you know, more in July saying that probably oversold and it's time to start getting long, especially on the oxy. I was absolutely right. But I'd be a seller of the oil stocks here now. Everybody's silent. All right. Uh, no, I was going to let Joel give some technicals there, but um, we'll, we'll keep watching there. I to see, see Tim what... there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to get Tim on right now. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get into market structure edge. You guys know it's time. A little, little shimmy, shimmy. Let's get into it. Market structure Mondays. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tim, welcome back. <laughs> Good to see you guys. <clears throat> happy Monday to you. Look yeah, at those you got to get a little shimmy when you get sh- the market Shiny, started. happy people. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Where are you, you today, Tim? I am, as you, you might be able to Steam tell. Steamboat. Steamboat. Come on. I'm in Steamboat. I've seen it before. I don't even have a Steamboat. And if you look <laughs> over, you can see a little flicker just over my, I don't know, what it, but to, to me it would be over my left shoulder. I guess to you it would be right. See that little flicker of flame? I've got the fire pit on out hey. there on the, uh, <clears throat> on the patio. The cool down. The cool down's it's, coming. It's, my phone says it's 43. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I miss the weather. Bye. I miss that weather, too. Yeah, we're buying, <laughs> I'm yeah, 45 we're mid. buying that low. I'm 45 the low. We're saying it's going higher here today. Yeah. yeah I'm saying the temperature's long. going up. Me and Joel are along the The algo's already ball. hit. 45 bed. <laughs> Five sell bed. some at 50. Uh, I'll say the action there is fast trading. That's fast trading action. We're all over everything. Joel and I watch a baseball game, and we're like just talking the averages and where it's going to go. That's been a while. That's been a while. All right, Tim, what what's going on? Give us some market market structure here. We had the options expiration before I left, mm-hmm. and the market yep. it held in there till Friday. The old sneaky Friday, you know, almost get near the high and then finish near the lows. So. Uh, any any positives out there first uh, coming out of you? We could talk about the negatives, but any positives you could see from from the uh, retreat last week? Well, I don't know if I would look at the the. I I wouldn't look for positives per se. I would look for things to trade. So, uh, and there are things to trade. Well, I like stuff. there always are, right? So, the, the to me, I I don't prefer to trade during options expirations, but uh, you know, if supply and demand gives some signal, uh, then we'll we'll use those. Uh, I. I how can you look at the market from a, a you know positive negative perspective right now? I don't know. I saw on on uh, CNBC Squawk Box. Not that I would watch that. Uh, <clears throat> that uh, <laughs> that Joe like that, <laughs> that uh, Joe Joe Kernan and Mohammed Alarian have a bet 
uh, that will result in going to some sports event <clears throat> on whether the market uh, breaks through 3,600. I don't know. I don't watch those kind of things. Is Muhammad I, on the, the bearish side? He's, 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 uh, He's actually on the bullish side. Yeah, he, he got says on the 40, bullish side. I saw no, him. I'm flip. scared. Muhammad's he's, good. Yeah, he, he said 4,400 is his target for for a year end. Really? So, yeah, yeah. He's so, on there right now. Actually, <laughs> look at this. Yeah. So You're we'll see. Good today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's. I'll take that. I'll take I always that enjoy also. what he you know <laughs> what he has to say. Well, the, the to me the 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 thing to think about is is there something that the market will do that will tell us how it will respond to something that the uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve does. And I put that qualifier in there for you, Dennis, because, okay. you know, there's a, the, the, because you're a Canadian, you know, so I have to put a qualifier in there. But the, <laughs> you know, will the market tell you what to expect? Why does the, why does the market go up sometimes when Jay Powell speaks and go down sometimes when Jay Powell speaks? And uh, people will say, well, we're expecting a Fed pivot and that didn't happen. And so the market uh, falls dramatically. I, you know, the, I, I'm sure there are certain elements of that. I think it's very important for traders to understand that it's not rational thought that leads to that. It's people's bets. Yeah. Now, rational people don't destroy their own holdings by a thousand Dow points in response to Jay Powell. That's not the way rational people behave. You know, let's demolish our retirement accounts. It's not, yeah. how, it's yeah. not how investors behave, but there can be bets. Uh, to me, the good news is that the data will, will generally show you what's coming and and joel that's my answer my answer is, is are there positives and negatives well the positive is generally you can see in the data what's going to happen not perfectly i mean i couldn't tell you perfectly that friday would be the down day but we certainly were telling people that ahead of august 31 when index futures expire what you want to watch is the supply demand balance in the market into about T plus two to T plus three. That's trade day plus a couple of, you know, two to three additional days for settlement. Now, the official window is T plus two traders. So that, that is, if you're big institutions and your aim is by the end of the day on August 31st to have cleared positions and move things, then you would do it today at the very latest and maybe Friday just to be safe in case there are some difficult elements in there. So we said, well, you know, there's risk. Remember that on the when I was on Monday, we talked and I said, well, the Dow could go down 500 points today. It did, okay. right? How is that? How is it possible to know that? Well, new options traded that day, and we could see that demand was down about two percent last week. So two percent would be roughly five to six hundred Dow points. Son of a gun, that was pretty good, right? I didn't expect that the market would fall apart from there because the demand curve has been very slow in declining. So that tends to tell us what to expect. And traders, maybe I'll show you what I mean by that. And I, I and I, there is an important, I, I think, and and you know, there's an economic point to make here. And I don't want to forget to do that because I think that there's there's symmetry between economics and how the stock market works. And so I, I don't want to get away from that point, but I do want to show you this. So here is, I think you can see this. 
Here is market structure edge. So this is what I mean by supply and demand. Here's the broad market. And here's this very, see this green part of the graph? That is demand. It's just an algorithm. It's no different than the models that the Fed runs to try to understand, well, what's the economy doing? Well, they have models they run and data inputs. Well, we have models we run and data inputs to assess the supply-demand balance in the stock market. Uh, There's a difference between the stock market and what the Fed does, however, and it's a great lesson. The rules of the stock market provide a fulcrum because everything that happens in the U.S. national market system, I will distinguish that from over-the-counter stocks which are a whole different beast and in some ways a much more free market than is the national market system. But the rules provide a fulcrum. So there's a fulcrum and a teeter-totter called supply and demand. Well, the economy is the same way. The currency, the dollar, is supposed to be the fulcrum upon which we assess supply and demand because people put people and money, labor and capital, businesses put people and money to work to make stuff. That's labor and capital. If the currency is stable, we can determine how much money and how much labor to put to work to produce something and how to price it and what the curves are. Well, if you constantly move the fulcrum to try to balance out supply and demand, over time, it will become very difficult for businesses to determine how much how much money and how much labor to put to work to make things. This is why we have these incredible boom bust cycles. And the interesting thing, and then I'll shut up on this subject, is that in the U.S. Constitution, in the one sentence that articulates the ways that the U.S. government can uh, carry out the specific ways that the government can carry out its general responsibility to promote the general welfare is fixing the rate of exchange of the U.S. dollar. It's right there. You can read it in Article 1, Section 8. So if the Fed did that, we wouldn't have this trouble. You, you could earn a decent interest rate on your savings. Businesses like mine could determine what is our cost. I mean, we're doing a very careful analysis right now uh, because of the pressure that's beginning to mount on consumption. The Fed should not be trying to change the labor side of the equation or the capital side of the equation because that's our job as businesses and consumers. And to say, well, we want to slow consumption is asinine. Our our economy is built on consumption. 72% of U.S. GDP comes from things we do as consumers. So if the Fed tries to slow that down, it's wrecking the economy. There is only one thing it can do to address inflation fix the rate of exchange. Then we can figure it out from there. So now back to this data. That's how the stock market works too. The fortunate thing is the fulcrum doesn't move. So we can see supply and demand more clearly in the stock market. So when demand begins to tail off right after options expirations, that's those three green squares, and the supply side is skyrocketing, what will the market do? it will tip over. It's not complicated to figure out. So you could know that before Jay Powell speaks. If you see that happening, we'll just step aside and let the market do its thing. And then you want to find, well, where's the money going? And so here's one difference I would have, Dennis, with, with you know, I heard your comments about X, uh, XOM yep. and energy. I want to show you the slide demand curves across the market. Broad cement's at 5.7. It's not below 5 yet. There's still a little excess demand. If we tip below 5, then we have real trouble. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. But let's look at airlines and cruise ships. 
D demand imploded, supply is fairly level. I've got stuff in our program here, very strong demand falling supply, and I've got both. I've got, I'll show you a short we should do. Uh, building materials, collapsing demand, rising supply. Well, it's not good. You can go all the way through the market. Let's look at, look at tech. Let's look at tech, you know, because tech's the bellwether. Well, collapsing demand, rising supply. Industrials, which have outperformed, collapsing demand, rising supply. Don't want to be in any of those. But I would, I would take energy because it's got steady demand and now the supply is above trend. That's why the prices have slowed down, but it is tipping down. So that's the first place I would look for things that would outperform the market. And, and I could go down to say, well, I like to trade volatility. So I look at the, no, there are only three volatile tens left. That trade's breaking down. But if I look at them, guess what they are? They are all energy stocks <laughs> and they all move about five percent a day i own laredo uh and i don't usually own something through a jay powell speech but i i kept laredo because i was up with it it was the whole market's down i'm up it's yeah. a you know it depends Good on where you buy it. So, right so L lpi ar eqt is the worst of the three but all of those are reasonable trades that could if it if any of them are down two three percent you could probably make two, three percent because they're like very likely to rise at least that amount. So if I looked at the whole market, I guess that brings us full circle, Joel. I would still say energy, despite a strong dollar, gives us the best supply demand equation. Now, my window, my I only look three, four, five, six days out. Then everything could change. But at the moment, that's the place to be. There's still there's still strength and energy here at the moment. Yep. Right yep. Now. I'm probably early again here, Tim. I'm always early. <laughs> well, I'm one that's always like three, four days early. You'll probably get this ripper, and Tim will be right. They'll go up well, for three, four days, and then you know that then the collapse will happen. So, well, let's look at XOM. I mean, you're not wrong about XOM from a supply side issue because the supply has risen above the trend, but the demand side is still pretty good. It's going to be a non-linear return. It, it kind of looks like down. it's converging, though. Uh, well, see, the, the green part is demand. This is price. Yeah. So yeah. price fell on Friday, but the demand side rose and the supply side fell. By the dippers. So I would, I, exactly. Because I think you could make – now, XOM is not a volatile stock, but you could yeah. you might ride out a dip in the market buying XOM because it might go up 1.5% and the market does the opposite. Well, that's a 3% return, right, in a sense, if you're, if you're uh, out of the S&P 500 and you're in XOM. I like those kind of trades. Uh, you know, I traded ED last week because it moved opposite the market. I like a big and stable when it's and then and then a volatile stock. I kind of pair those things. Okay. And generally you can produce a return that way. All right. So this is kind of more of a I don't know if this is specifically a long idea, but definitely a long area that you can be watching right now. Now, what's a short area or short idea that we can be looking for? So let me ask you, what if you if if long is diverging supply and demand, what would be short? Not a trick question. The opposite. So exactly, exactly <laughs> right. That's <laughs> exactly right, Mitch. Money, See, Mitch. It's converging. Got my star right? today. Don't right, worry. Right, right. <laughs> so you want to find something with converging supply and demand, such as I'm not knocking Granger. You know, it's just that they've had a very strong. They have a huge demand. In fact, there are three. There are three trading lessons right here in the single chart for you traders who trade su supply and demand. But here's why it's a short. Demand, the green part of the graph, the gray is the price, closing price, is plunging 
and supply is rising. What is the probability that GWW declines? Well, very high, right? It's not perfect and it might not be linear, but that's the kind of thing that's very likely to produce a decline. The opposite. So you could trade one short and one long. You might double your returns. I'm just saying it's something you can do. And look, you could trade just Granger. When demand hit 10 right here at August 1 and supply is way below trend, buy it. And then when supply jumps above trend about at options expirations, August options expirations, leave. Now you can go short. Buy, leave, short. And you can do all of that in one month and produce a very nice return. I'm not How saying it works perfectly. How often, Tim, do you reverse yeah. your trade? This is such a good conversation, and there's so many traders, and I've struggled with it too. You know, you're in a good long, and you're like, oh, it's coming up, 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 and I'm like, boom, you know, and you get out, and you're feeling great about it. Well, yeah. if you're really feeling great about that sale, why not go short it too and, you know, take it on the other side? You know, right. calling, reversing your trade completely. Joel's, you know, good at that too. It's hard, it's hard. It. It's, it's a hard thing to do. How often do you do reverse the trades, like where you just turn around and you actually go from long, sell, short, all in the same, boom, execution? I, I need to learn from you, Joel. I don't I don't know. So I know the long side very well. I you know I, I would describe myself as an expert in supply-demand data like this. But I'm going short <laughs> i don't have enough time in the saddle so i'm queasy about it dennis i can i have a very hard time doing something like that I, now there are edge users who send me notes all the time like whoa that was a great short and i just i don't i've not gotten there it's on my list of things to learn because i think we could double our returns by being very good at that so joel we're gonna have to learn from you yeah. uh, market goes up most of the time tim so <laughs> uh, it does no, right Dennis, you do your uh, with the reversals too. I mean, I, I that's one thing. Try I think to do it. It's yeah, tough sometimes. Yeah, too. you try. It, it right. is because then you also have the grant. Like, oh, I sold it. It's still going up. Now I'm short. Now you're right? short. Yeah. Now you're losing. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're totally yeah. fighting the momentum right. when you're doing that too. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. It's yeah. that's tough trade. It's tough. Well, yeah. that's where I think context can help traders. Always beware. To me, I think you should always beware of the three points in 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 the month. New month, new money. Money will come in. People are putting money to work every month in their retirement accounts. That has to get deployed. It's the law. You can't sit around if you're a fiduciary who says in your prospectus that I do the following with somebody's money. You're going to have to put it to work. Now, if people stop putting money into the market, we're going to see that across the broad market by seeing falling broad demand. But they're going to do that. Then at options expirations, all the betters, all the people using substitutes in the form of options and futures, they're going to true that up. Well, then she should, she should, you should know that. And then month end, people true up as well. So if you're going to go long or short, think about that. Think about what is happening at those junctures. And I think it improves your probability. Now, that's coming from somebody who's a lous lousy at shorting, but I think it's something uh, to keep in mind. Well, definitely, guys. And, and don't forget, like always, you guys can keep up with this data. Just go ahead and check out Market Structure Edge. Check it on out. And you guys can do the same thing that Tim Quas is doing here. You know, he's just going with the data, just like the Fed, right? Data dependent. Just like the Fed. Data yeah. Dependent. I hope we're I hope we're a lot more accurate than the Fed. The Fed <laughs> is just miserably inaccurate, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll put my bet all on you, Tim. Don't worry about it. Let's go ahead. We're gonna wrap up. We'll have you next week. Appreciate Thank you, you, Tim. All right, there you go. I got him on out. Now we're wrapping on up, guys. Like always, check on out like Market Structure Edge. You don't even need a credit card. Check it on out and 
Tim was talking about last week that they're moving uh, slowly but surely towards more of a month's trial. So if you haven't checked it out, I would definitely go ahead and do so. All right, let's do a little wrap-up here. We got about five minutes towards the bell. Any levels that we should be looking at, Joel? Ah, uh, boy, we're we're in no man's land here. So the the old the PM you know pre-market low is obviously um, important holding. I mean, we test that, we hold first half hour bracket. We got a we got a chance to rally. Um, on the upside, like I said, I mean, I'm just gonna try and keep a perspective here until this market can go green on the week, and that's that's still 33 handles away. Um, it's hard to get optimistic. There was a yeah. really your first. Uh, first down day. So you're looking for a two day move. I mean, we were back up at the weekly high, you know, right. We missed the weekly high by like four handles on Friday and then we came down. So pre-market low. Uh, and then you have the 50% retracement under that at 3950, but uh, trying to rally. We tried to have a couple rallies here, but uh, so far nowhere near getting green on the session. All right, we'll see what happens in the overall market. It's going to be a battle today. I wonder if ARKK can come back towards that 40. Will we break the 40? Keep an eye um, on the growth names. Those will yep. lead. Those have been leading this entire last 12 months. They've really led. So, you know, ARK started rolling over, and then, you know, the overall market actually held up for a couple of days, and then eventually it started rolling over here too. ARKK has been your leader here pretty much the entire year. So if we can bounce off and ARKK is good support down to 40, yeah. if we can bounce off there again, you know, there's a chance to have another opportunity on the bull side here as well. So I'm kind of like, well, as much as I was bearish here the last, you know, we've come in 200 points here now. Not say I'm going bullish, but, you know, if I was short the market, I'd probably get more to a market neutral stance at this point. 200 points in 24 hours is a lot. Um, you know, and, and then obviously seeing if we can bounce off the 50%. That's the next test. Look at this 42, this lower 42 handle where you're trading uh, right now in ARKK. Pre-market low is a little bit below that. But basically four lows in that area, uh, right just above 42. So let's see. Let's see if it could put in. I mean, obviously we're through Friday's low. But uh, 42, Dennis, and then you mentioned that other level at 40. But, um, you know, I think the Bulls, the Bulls have a clear level to defend here. Let's just get the pre-market low. Probably under we're trading down 92 cents here at 41.92 and the pre-market low is probably right in this area too yeah right here people are nibbling actually the 4 a.m reaction 41.50 uh that was your pre-market low that has to be defended today all right uh last chart to take a look at is let's do tesla after the split yeah will it come yeah, down uh, again but has wow. it really this like clockwork though, Joel, it was up for a couple of days into the split. It split. It was trading up at the open and they pulled the rug. And I mean, obviously yep. we can say that, but then the market, everything went down. So, mm -hmm. but it did work again here where if you were selling that thing the day of the split, like after it did and shorting it, you're making money. 280. Let's see what happens. You bounced off it into pre-market, two lows here, pre-split uh, at the 280 area. So that's where the bulls are. Uh, the bulls need to step up for Tesla coming back on the upside. I mean, you can easily see this green on the session if you're looking to looking to wiggle out, perhaps along from Friday. And where was your close? Your close was two. Oh, that's two eighty eight oh nine. Maybe scoot out there if you want to sell it on a pop at two eighty eight. Make sure you get done. 
uh, in Tesla. What day was the uh, was the official split in this one? What day did it, it start? Was Thursday. Thursday. Wow. And then a nice little drop. So more liquidity for Tesla. Already traded 1.2 million shares. I don't know. A split on top of a split. It's going to be hard to keep track of that one. 270 is the 50% retracement level. That's why I'll be watching Tesla to one? see if it can get to. Yep. Of the People recent, asking, I am not in my new house yet. This will be the last day. You're just getting a look. Yeah, is that the bullish indicator for the market? Not in the new house. I'm living <laughs> in the new house. The office has not been moving. I'm moving in the next couple of days. I have to be out of the, this place August 31st here. So this was just my temporary place of habitat. So I will be out and into the new house here next day or two. All right, we'll see what happens. Like always, you guys can keep up with some tickers on Premarket Prep Plus. Joel Alconin, don't forget it. Check him out on Premarket Prep Plus. We're going to wrap on up here, get you guys on out of here. And we got to know this is going to be probably another event. Come on, guys. They're asking me already when's the next Premarket Prep event? I have to get, get another settled. one. I got to get yeah, settled yeah. and everything. So I'll be a little yeah. bit, but eventually. It was, it was tight getting that edited for the last one, but uh, Dennis, Dennis maneuvered it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get All there. right. Glad to be back. Um, you know, we got we got the, we got got the our short-term levels here. See what happens today. Of course, you want to see that pre-market low hold. You want to yeah. see that 0675. So that's it. Sign it out. I'm going to go cover some tickers on uh, pre-market prep. Plus, and uh, Dennis, I'll check in with you later on. Great to be okay. back, guys. See you guys. Thanks, Thanks Joel. See you, Mitch. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you, Dennis. Have a good one. All right, guys. I'm going to get ready to go towards live trading. Of course, we got Lord Ryan. Dune will be out today. Looks like he had a long weekend. You guys know how that party life can go. Sometimes you go have a long weekend. Nah, but Zune's not feeling the best. He's not going to be with us on live trading, but you still got Ryan and I. I've been hot. I'm going to continue trying to be hot, whether it be to the short side, long side. You guys know how it is. It's always about being flexible, especially being a day trader out there. Now, of course, when you're looking more into swing and investments, you got to go ahead and have a little bit more of a thesis. We'll see what happens. Let's get back into the market. Sound the alarm. Let's see if we go green today. And I hope that you guys enjoyed today's show. We had a lot of macro talk. We talked about the uh, of course, Fed Chair Jerome Powell pulling the rug there in the Jackson Hole Symposium. We'll talk about uh, the bear case, the bull case. Rewind if you guys need to hear what our bear and bull case are. Uh, we talked about quantitative tightening. We did touch the battle for U.S. EV buyer incentives, PDD earnings, and touched a little bit on Enphase and solar stocks. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Let's go ahead and keep it going right here on Benzinga. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.